the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, July 3rd, 2023. We are here live. Uh, open to any of your uh, calls, thoughts. Uh, 602-508-0960. Tomorrow will be a different story, but we uh, wanted to go into the holiday with you. So we've got uh, the complete staff here from Bill to my right to David at my front. As my old boss, Jack Kemp, used to say, I cry on two occasions, when a small business opens for business and on the 4th of July. Well, we are nigh upon the 4th of July, and as has become too usual, there is a great deal of denigration, derogation, and it is based on junk thought. Some of you will recall last year the official Democratic Party based in Tucson in Pima County promoted and hosted an F the 4th celebration, except they didn't stop at the letter F. They spelled the word out. If you spell that word out today on Google, you will see these celebrations are everywhere, with actually millions of stories about them across the country. Last year, Congresswoman Cori Bush of Missouri wrote, quote, when they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this, the freedom they're referring to is for white people. Bush, a member of the left-wing squad, wrote on Twitter amid celebrations of the nation's birthday, quote, this land is stolen land and black people still aren't free, close quote. Going on, she went, quote, we know what our own freedom looks like. End the slavery permitted under the 13th Amendment. End the war on drugs. End police violence. End health care, housing, and education apartheid. We are the experts on our own liberation, and we won't stop until it's won. Close quote. To say slavery is not permitted under the 13th Amendment would be to state something so obvious one has to ask if Cori Bush can read or has read the Constitution. We know she can read. She is a woman who grew up poor in St. Louis to become a registered and practicing nurse, a minister of her own church, and a member of Congress. For those of you in Missouri, Bush is writing about white people's freedom, your freedom, the slavery that is still permitted. I hope you know you're being lectured to by a liar or a psychological head case who can see her and all life experience around her and live in denial about it, as if she thinks she's Napoleon under some kind of grandiose delusion syndrome. What she said is as truthful, if not as literally crazy as that. We went through this a few years ago, and we're going to go through it again. I'm already starting to see the memes. When Colin Kaepernick tried to selectively quote Frederick Douglass on his famous 4th of July speech and missed because he so selectively edited Douglass, you have to wonder why anyone would take history lessons or instructions from these ideological and Marxist know-nothings in the first place. You'll recall Kaepernick tried to show how Frederick Douglass thought our country racist, our founding bigoted. It's being replicated again all over the Internet. But these folks aren't quoting all of Douglass in the speech. 
they are quoting only selective portions from Frederick Douglass's famous speech. For example, they leave out, as a lot of study guides and websites leave out, where Frederick Douglass wrote this, said this in this same famous speech, quote, fellow citizens, there is no matter in respect to which the people of the North have allowed themselves to be so ruinlessly imposed upon us as that of the pro-slavery character of the Constitution. In that instrument, I hold there is neither warrant, license, nor sanction of the hateful thing, but interpreted as it ought to be interpreted, the Constitution is a glorious liberty document. Read its preamble. Consider its purposes. Is slavery among them? Is it at the gateway? Or is it in the temple? It is neither. While I do not intend to argue this question on the present occasion, let me ask if it be not somewhat singular that if the Constitution were intended to be by its framers and adopters a slave-holding instrument, why neither slavery, slaveholding, nor slave can, found, can anywhere be found in it? What would be thought of an instrument drawn up, legally drawn up, for the purpose of entitling the city of Rochester to a tract of land in which no mention of land was made? Now, there are certain rules of interpretation for the proper understanding of all legal instruments. These rules are well established. They are plain, common-sense rules, such as you and I and all of us can understand and apply without having passed years in the study of law. I scout the idea that the question of the constitutionality or unconstitutionality of slavery is not a question for the people. I hold that every American citizen has a right to form an opinion of the Constitution and to propagate that opinion and to use all honorable means to make his opinion the prevailing one. Without this right, the liberty of an American citizen would be as insecure as that of a Frenchman. Ex-Vice President Dallas tells us that the Constitution is an object to which no American mind can be too attentive and no American heart too devoted. He further says the Constitution, in its words, is plain and intelligible and is meant for the homebred, unsophisticated understandings of our fellow citizens. Now, take the Constitution according to its plain reading, and I defy the presentation of a single pro-slavery cause in it. On the other hand, it will be found to contain principles and purposes entirely hostile to the existence of slavery. Close quote. Now you see why I say the progressives today embrace the opponents of Frederick Douglass's view of the Constitution and why they excerpt him only selectively. For they think the founding was meant to extend slavery. Frederick Douglass did not. I get that there's a desire in the left and the Democratic Party to rewrite our past, but it doesn't mean they are right. The only way they get to rewrite it is by distorting it. And the best way to distort it is to tell people not to look at it, not to study it, not to do their own research. Thus, I give you the state of American history in our education system today. Our eighth graders have done steadily worse in American history over the years, with some 40% getting an F in American history. And the stat I think most important, that 50% of our high school seniors fail in American history. Because if you do study it, Seriously, and not via the work of ideologists like Howard Zinn or the BLM curricula or CRT, you find it to be a beautiful thing, as Frederick Douglass did, as Martin Luther King did, as Lincoln did, as the dissenters in the Dred Scott decision did. 
Remember, as I will not tire of saying, those who think our founding racist or rotten embrace the history of America as recited by the majority in the Dred Scott decision. We embrace Justices Curtis and McLean, who had a better history written in their dissent that showed our founders included all men of all colors in our declaration and our founding. But this notion of America as racist from the get-go revived as it has been by the modern Democratic Party and the BLM movement and the likes of Cory Bush, Bush and Colin Kaepernick and the Tucson Democrats and the 1619 Project, it's not new. As I said, it found credence in Dred Scott. It found credence in the Confederacy. It was quiet for a while, but given great attention back in 2007 and 2008. Anyone recall the name Jeremiah Wright, Barack Obama's pastor? He of 9-11 being the chickens coming home to roost. He of no, 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 not God bless America, GD America, saying that's in the Bible for killing innocent people, GD America for treating her citizens as less than human, GD America for as long as she acts like she is God and she is supreme. Guess what? Guess what? Jeremiah Wright's teacher and Ibram X. Kendi's are the same teacher, James Cone. It's not that such teachings influenced Wright and thus Barack Obama. It's that they are now being entrenched into almost all education. So you get the same anti-Americanism today from Louis Farrakhan and Colin Kaepernick and the Democratic Party and Ibrahim Kendi and the U.S. Department of Education and the U.S. Women's Olympic Soccer Team. But when Jeremiah Wright was in the news, my old teacher, Harry Jaffa, wrote a response, and I think we could use it again today. He wrote, the principles upon which this nation were founded are those upon which its survival, no less than its prosperity, depend. These are the principles upon which we believe our freedom and prosperity as individuals and that of our children depend. These principles are simple and familiar enough for anyone to understand who wishes to understand. Selfish motives, miseducation, or ideological blindness may lead some to deny or disparage them, but nothing can obscure their shining truth. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Lincoln at Gettysburg said that the nation, at its birth, had been dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And earlier, Lincoln had said that the proposition of equality was the central idea of the founding, from which all its minor thoughts emanated. What exactly did these words of both the Declaration of Independence and the Gettysburg Address mean? They meant that there was no difference between one human being and another human being that made one the master and the other the servant. As Jefferson once put it, men are not born with saddles on their backs, nor are others born booted and spurred to ride them. That a man or woman rides a horse corresponds with the difference in their natures. No injustice is ever done to the horse. That an ox should pull a plow while a man walks behind is according to nature. In these cases, servitude follows from the laws of nature. But these same laws of nature tell us that when a human being is subjected to other human beings as if they were a horse or an ox, the laws of nature are violated. 
All human beings are accordingly equal in their right not to be enslaved and in their right to be in secure possession of their lives, liberties, and property. To this end, they have a right to be governed only by laws to which they have consented. But if history or progress or change is to be our guide, if the truth of relativism is to replace the truth of the Declaration, then the cause for which this nation fought at its birth and in the Civil War was meaningless— White power, black power, the Nazis, the KKK, Hitler, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot are all as justifiable as Jefferson, Lincoln, or the doctrine of the equal natural rights of all human beings. Or as Pelosi put it, people will do what people will do. We may understand how the Reverend Jeremiah Wright could so awfully misunderstand the American political tradition as we can understand his successors in Ilan Omar and Colin Kaepernick and Cory Bush Inasmuch as it has been so very misunderstood for so long, in circles from whom a better understanding should be expected. But this misunderstanding is a cancer, which can in the end prove fatal, not only to a political campaign, but to our country. If we are to have a foundation upon which to continue to build a more perfect union, we must return unequivocally, as Lincoln returned, to the source of our greatness in the American founding and to celebrating this country and its birth, not running it into the ground. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I thought it might be a fun question to ask uh, members of the audience, and you can uh, feel free to email me or call 602-508-0960 is the number. Um, as we head into uh, her birthday, what um, what do you like best about America? And it's a funny thing to ask that because I know it's not going to be a quick, easy thing to think of an answer. There's, in some respects, a surfeit to many things. Um, Feel free to recite them, because on the other hand, it takes a moment. And it's been a rough couple of years, hasn't it, for this country? It's been a rough couple of years. Uh, David, you feel free to weigh in whenever you decide you have an answer you would like to share. Are are you at that point already? Is what I like best about America? Yeah, or among the things you like best about America. You feel free to take time to think about it. Uh, I've, I've got is a it your ideas. sweater? So, uh, is it your right sweater? Away, Folks need to know say, what. Uh, trivially and more uh, materially, old American iron. Our ingenuity and our old classic cars. I'm an old car guy. But on a more uh, you know, philosophical level. It's not a small thing. Yeah. The, would... the car represented not only uh, ingenuity, not only strength. Uh, the automakers were known as our great arsenal of democracy during World War II. And they represent freedom. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the underbelly of the attack on 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 uh, on on gas powered cars. By the way, it's it's there's something Ameri- there's a love affair Americans have with their cars, rightfully so. Go ahead, sorry to interrupt. Oh, I was just going to say the other one in a more philosophical level. I would probably say is is our liberty. Yeah, and not not libertinism, but the difference that we have between uh, liberty and libertinism. And you know, the colloquialism is uh, freedom, but I think that the, there is a difference between both freedom and liberty, and that uh, we are endowed by God with certain unalienable rights. 
Interesting. And you think of the distinction between freedom of liberty is liberty being more go- more endowed by God, more conveyed as 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 from God, and freedom is more what a, a human a human uh, creation. I don't think freedom is uh, human creation, but uh, I, I think freedom is a more generic term to talk about uh, rights. I mean, it's. It's interesting. Hard. I, th- I think that liberty really involves more social contract mm-hmm. theory. Okay. Um, you know, some John Locke, okay. if we will. Um, uh-huh. And uh, it's it's very different than say because, and I made the distinction between liberty and libertinism. Because oh yes. Freedom is sure. involved in both. Sure. But uh, say with something like libertinism, it's almost libertarian. That, that was magic. Uh, that was the magic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the magic of our founding, wedding liberty to equality, so as to prevent libertinism. Liberty uh, meets its um, meets its ceiling at the point that you understand every human has uh, equal and natural rights uh, uh, upon them. This goes to, of course, um, Abraham Lincoln's uh, great uh, distinction um, between liberty as tempered by equality and liberty not tempered by uh, by equality. It was at the Sanitary Fair address where he famously said. In his uh, in his uh, year before his last uh, year of life, that the world has never had a good definition of the word liberty, and that the American people are much in want of one. He said, "Quote: We all declare for liberty, but in using the same word, we do not all mean the same thing. With some, the word liberty may mean for each man to do as he pleases with himself and the product of his labor." While with others, the same word may mean for some men to do as they please with other men and the product of other men's labor. Here are two not only different but incompatible things called by the same name, liberty. And it follows that each of the things is by the respective parties called by two different and incompatible names, liberty and tyranny. The shepherd drives the wolf from the sheep's throat, for which the sheep thanks the shepherd as his liberator while the wolf denounces him for the same act as the destroyer of liberty, especially as the sheep was a black one. Plainly, the sheep and the wolf are not agreed upon a definition of the word liberty, and precisely the same difference prevails today among us human creatures, even in the North, and all professing to love liberty. Hence we behold the process by which thousands are daily passing from under the yoke of bondage held by some as the advance of liberty and bewailed by others as the destruction of it. That's about as good a lesson you're going to get as the differences between the kinds of liberty and libertinism you're discussing and how the temper, the tempering of that by God-given human rights and the notion of equality found in our founding temper it as well. Okay, we'll be right back. Thanks for that. I didn't know you were going to say that, day. I didn't know we were going to go there. I'm glad we did. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It is a delight to bring back Mr. John Dombrowski. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. He has his own radio show heard here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. He is one of the most patriotic Americans I know, and it is wonderful to have him on on the the day before America's birthday. How are you, John? Fantastic. 
fantastic, Seth. Thank you so much. You bet. Is your house all decked out? I know the way Tracy likes to do oh, things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does it yeah. look like Uncle well, Sam I, sneezed on your house? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. And, you know, up in, actually up in Prescott, yeah. they had their annual parade yes. uh, yesterday morning. Yes. So it's, it's a very patriotic uh, you know, city up here, town yeah. up here. Yeah. Good, so. Boy, the traffic getting yeah. up there, though. Whew. I, you, if it you, can be difficult yeah, it, it can be difficult at times. Uh, the markets were open today. and yeah, sure the, the, And they did okay. And um, there's an interesting story. I think you and I may have seized on the same one. Uh, good news for the Fed. Shoppers see lower inflation on the horizon, yes? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, by the way, so today the market was open just for a half a day. Yeah. Um, markets cannot be closed more than three days in a row. So being that the holiday is on Tuesday tomorrow, uh, the market will be closed tomorrow. So they had to open up just for a, a few hours. Today, I had ne- I sure never that. knew that until just now. And you yeah. said it. I did not know there was a rule that they couldn't be closed three day, for more than three days in a row. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That okay. being that the major market, you know, the U.S. is the major market here. They want to make sure that there's liquidity in the world. Yeah. So I did not know that. Okay. Uh, anyway, so yes, you're right on inflation, though. Um, it, yeah, it seems like consumers are uh, feeling more confident as they start to see prices coming down, and uh, that's obviously good for um, businesses, good for the good for the markets. And you know, we had a really interesting. This is the end of the first half that we just finished here for the stock market. And there are those out there that are still, you know, touting there's going to be a recession and it could be a deep recession. But, Seth, I've got to tell you, the numbers just seem to be uh, getting better. Um, so I, I, it, it's possible we might see something end of this year, early next year. But even if we do, it's going to be something very mild. And the consumers are basically saying the same thing here. The horizon is a little bit off, uh, a little bit out. It's not. It's not tomorrow, and it's not next month, right? No. If I if I read this no. right, we're looking at decreases over the course of one, then two, and three years, right? That that is correct, and eventually over you know into three to five years, yeah. down to two point seven percent, right? Um, which again would be around the um, you know uh, where the Fed wants to be, and also it was where it would have been prior to 2020, um, before Joe Biden got in uh, to the White House. People are still, uh, it seems like people are still exercising certain frugalities. I saw a report earlier today, this is the first or second most expensive 4th of July in uh, in about 50 years, if I, re- if I saw the story right. Just the prices on items, you know, from bread to meats to the kinds of things we think of in and celebrating the 4th of July. It, it, the the price, that, yeah. prices are very up for everything, evidently, except lemonade. For some reason, lemonade is down. Well, I don't know. I bought lemons today, and uh, <laughs> it seemed like it was a little high. But I would say this. What's interesting is that consumables, yes, consumables, uh, we're still seeing those prices elevated. But you know what's interesting is, is if you even your homeowner's insurance yeah. and automobile insurance, yeah. you're getting tremendous increases on those rates. Even if you're a, a good, uh, you know, uh, consumer and you haven't had claims against your insurance, personally, I just got hit with an incredible increase. Called my agent and he says, "I know. Oh my God!" He goes, "I should have called you before you called me." He said, "We need to work on this. Something doesn't seem right here. The rate just just skyrocketed." And is that so because of what the getting- Fed, yeah? Is that because of what the Fed has been doing the last couple uh, cycles? 
I believe everything has it has something to do with everything that's going on. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't believe there's more claims that insurance companies no. are paying more claims. I don't either. It's but the cost of doing business for them is going up as well, and uh, it's they're passing that through the consumer again. This is a trickle down economics, no matter how they want to look at it. Yeah. Uh, the, the the harder they make it for businesses to 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 uh, compete, uh, the more the consumer is going to pay. We're going to just pay more. You don't make life easier on the working class by making it harder on the employer class. You just don't. You, you do not. Exactly right. Thank you, John. Say hi to Tracy for Seth, me. Seth, I wish, wish, wish you guys the best Fourth of July you and all too. the listeners out there. You bet. Uh, and uh, Securities and Advisory Services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finman Sipic, and Investment Advisor, Grant Kang and Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you so much, Seth. Thanks, boss. Say hi to Tracy for me. Happy Fourth of July. I am Seth, 602-508-0960. Anything you want to talk about, including what you like most about this country. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. David, you, you've really course-corrected very nicely on your mu- music selections, getting America into every bumper in and out. You've done a great job. I was a little worried about you earlier this morning when you were throwing <laughs> – what were you throwing at me? Lawrence Welk, Myron Florin, oh, Glenn please. Miller. please. I said Glenn Miller, yeah. an American Patrol, the yeah. Washington Post, and, and John he, Philip Sousa. You're, you're doing better. You <laughs> you fixed it. I, I had my explosion with you. Or what we might call a teachable moment. And, and you've well, done I, it. I, I've learned a lot of music from the best. And this weekend I sampled some music. I I, I, I sampled some Jimmy Buffett Good. at your request. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You see the charm of it now, don't yeah, you? I, do. um, I asked you what you like. I, I asked the audience what they liked best about America. I got this answer. I have to read you. I did not see this one coming, and it's beautiful. And it reminded me of an earlier email that I got today that I was going with I, on, honest engine. I was planning to read to y'all anyway because I thought it was beautiful and it was apropos, nothing having to do with my question. And it works so nicely. So I asked, What do you like best about America? Feel free to call or email. And Margaret in Litchfield Park wrote, I love America. And what I love best is how we treat children, animals, elderly, and handicapped. I have served overseas in Korea, Panama, Iraq, and Kosovo. How a nation treats its least capable and least able to defend oneself is a defining difference. Our our form of society affirms individual rights, God-given, which requires we treat each and every citizen as worthy. Margaret, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And the reason it reminded me of this other email that I received today from listener Mike, he wrote uh, early this morning to me. He writes to me just thoughts on top of, you know, thoughts uh, that he wants to share once in a while. He wrote to me, it seems these days everyone or at least everyone on the left woke side of the aisle wants diversity, equity and inclusion. Yet their programs they want to put in place to achieve these lofty goals seem to be at the detriment of large portions of our society as a whole. It really is the following, diversity, isn't it? Excuse me. Its reality is the following. Diversity isn't, equity isn't, and inclusion isn't. Instead, they render our society a turmoil and on the verge of collapse. I'm 62 years old, Seth. I have found life to be a simple proposition. Treating people decently is as diverse 
equitable, and inclusive you need to be. It can't be legislated. It must be learned. Like the great Crosby, Stills, and Nash Young song, Parents Teach Your Children Well. I am in the last chapter of my life, Seth. I have contemplated my my mortality. I have many regrets, but in the end, I know I did my best to be a decent man. It's, it's beautiful. And you put that together with what Margaret said in her email to us about how a nation treats its least capable and least able to defend themselves is our defining difference. Having spent some time in other places around the world, Europe, Middle East, Asia, we don't think about that one very much, do we? We are revulsed. It's an interesting thing about America, actually. We are appropriately and rightly revulsed, repulsed when we see animals being tortured. And it's interesting to me that um, we don't seem to have the same conscientiousness about these sort of things when we see children tortured. Yes, we abhor them when they're Um, born and alive, but not enough. And we have seemingly very callous views about them just before they are born alive. If you want to make an impactful advertising campaign in this country, use animals. Use animals. Use the abuse and misuse of animals. They have far more impact, anyone on the old Mad Avenue will tell you, far more impact than the abuse of human beings. It's an odd thing about us, and if we could just expand that across both areas of life so that we can understand what truly indefensible means and we can understand what truly um, truly uh, vulnerable means, we would be an even more decent society. And I liked that Mike used that word, decent. I use it in every college commencement address. Because in any situation, it's the one word that pretty much tells you what to do if you ask yourself, what is the decent thing to do? It is one of the most self-defining words, if not the most self-defining word I know of. You ask yourself, what's the decent thing to do here in any crucible of crisis, in any crossroads? And it magically shows you the right way. We don't always choose it. But it is there for the choosing if we want to choose it. I got it from Bonfire of the Vanities, the Tom Wolfe novel and movie, where Leonard White gives a lecture on decency to the Al Sharpton character who calls him a racist. Leonard White is a black judge, and he has to give the Al Sharpton character a lesson on decency because the Al Sharpton character called Leonard White, a black judge, a racist. This might have been the precursor to the whole notion of Larry Elder being the black face of white supremacy. This might have been Tom Wolfe always ahead of the curve on these things. What was that, 25 years ago that he wrote this? Always ahead of the curve. He saw this earlier, where you could have minorities referring to other minorities that way. And uh, within within the same family of genetics. The notion of decency and at a crossroads, though, comes from another movie from uh, just around the same time. It came a few years after, and um, it was the speech. Uh, it's the the speech Al Pacino gave 
uh, and it's the speech he gave when he was explaining to the school and to the students at the school that he always knew what the right thing to do was in life. He always knew what the decent thing to do was at the various crossroads he met in life. And at every opportunity and at every crossroads, he went the wrong way. Yeah, did I not mention son of a woman? Sorry, I didn't say son of a woman. Yes, in son of a woman. He says he has been to those crossroads, and he is looking, and you are looking at this man as a very failed man, as a very failed man who, um, who can be, de- be described as vindicating himself at the end by doing the right thing for someone vulnerable. But he, too, knew and said, I knew at every moment what the right and decent thing to do was and chose not to do it. And chose not to do it. This is how I was reading earlier today. One can be, one can be a failure and a success at the same time. One can be a global failure and a particular success. It's an interesting philosophical concept. We don't have to do it right now, but I think of this country in a sense as being the inverse of that, the exact perfect inverse of that a global success with some occasional imperfections and failures. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. And sometimes there's a little slippage. Sometimes <laughs> t- sometimes there's a little slippage, folks. How do you Campbell think the gift that keeps on giving? <laughs> uh, how do you think the Biden administration is handling the economy? Bank failings, stock market volatility, possible recession, inflation for certain. What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? It's a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. Why refi? offers it up, and they are here locally, and I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road and the 101. I've been there, and I can tell you, you will not get a sales pitch, and no one's going to ask you to sign anything. When you meet with the team at Y-Refi, you'll see why I trust them, like them so much, and you can too. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm where you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. Rob is on the line. Hi, Rob. Uh, hi, Seth. First of all, I want to be among the first to uh, wish you a happy 4th of July, thank Independence you. Day. You too. Um, I, I, uh, thank you. I was thinking about the question, and it, it, I, I mentioned to David, uh, there's things that I l- like and liked about um, America. What I liked, and this is in the past tense, was a sense of unity, sense of uh, we're all Americans. Um, you sort of touched on it before when you talk about 60 or so years ago when Republicans and Democrats, they may have had their philosophical differences, uh, but they were still good Americans and they were anti-communist. Um, that all seems to have changed, obviously, in the last, oh, I don't know, since Obama, and then uh, I heard uh, Joe Biden say something negative about MAGA Republicans today and some speech he gave, which, you know, I thought he was supposed to be the great unifier. Obviously, a MAGA Republican, as in make America great again, 
is a bad thing. Um, so, and there's apparently a lot of people that buy into that sort of stuff. Um, another another thing was uh, the sense of sacrifice that you know the, our uh, well, my dad and forefathers uh, before had made to make the country what it was, and now it all just seems to be getting. Uh, it's it's fading. Um, the other thing was... <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Uh, I don't know why you I, say you can't say it and then say it. Well, <laughs> thank you, though, Rob. I'd like to think we have healthy antibodies. I'd like to think we have healthy antibodies in our society um, that can kick in because of our tremendous capacity for self-renewal. I'd like to think that. But it starts with understanding that when the Democrats talk about unity, it's not the word we understand. Unity to them is everyone agreeing with them. That's what it means. That's what it means to them. But happy for it. Thank you, sir. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.